All right. So before we jump into the podcast where we're doing the series now on the coaching live and on air, I wanted to share something with you real quick. Um, I'm so excited to say that we have two books. We've released them at the same time. I know it was crazy, but we wanted to go for this. Figure that shift out. Figure that shift out. It's a book based on this coaching program uh, that you're listening to through this series right now. It's the first 12 episodes, but it's in book form. Mm, so pumped. And then thewriterbook.com, writer, R-I-D-E-R. And it's a narrative about a writer who helps a driver um, learn how you would build a life you hate and how to build a life you love. So check those out. Um, share, review, all those generous things that um, can make this message spread. Really appreciate it. And we'll switch channels now into the coaching live and on air. Peace. All right, guys. Uh, glad you're here, Eric. Um, man, here we are moving along. Week seven. You finally we get to solution space of week six and seven, and so it starts to change some. Um, but like I always like to do, just starting off, tell me about the last week. Any moments where you became uh, just aware that hey, I'm proving, I'm hiding. There's some fear. There's some insecurity, or any dots that connected. Uh, man, this week flew by like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I blinked and then it was already the weekend. Um, so a lot of my reflection time happened just in the past couple days. Really, um, not sure if that's I need to schedule it in more. But uh, after going through that week, just a bunch of crazy work days, late nights, uh, I, I started to feel kind of out of control of my schedule, and and that started to wear on me a little bit. Um, but there weren't any like big moments where I felt that I was acting out of fear, more just, uh, just trying to, to, to really power through these last few weeks at my job. And, and I'm just kind of holding out for when that's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, even knowing that that's where you are right now is big because for a lot of people, they're like, I, I just came through a season where I had to dig really deep and it's like, okay, take a deep breath keep going. You know, it, it had a clear finish line and it's the biggest, most significant thing I've tried to do up to this point as far as like a shipping or a project thing. And so I was recognizing, Hey, this is seasonal and that's okay. Um, and for a lot of people, they're not giving themselves permission for that or it never has an end. They just keep pushing, pushing, pushing the, the breakdown crisis, stress symptoms that are buried, pop back up you know, all the problems with that. Um, well, I know last week we get, you know, into the internal. This week we get a lot to the external and the triggers we build. Any moments this past week where you're able to, like, actively go to that identity space and see, feel, and hear that new reality to give yourself what you need? Yeah. Yeah, I did the exercise uh, that you recommended to just do an activity that opens me up to like, peace and joy and gratitude and for me, that's skateboarding. So I did a little bit of that this weekend, which was really nice. And you said to sort of have like a little totem that you could keep with you or put near your workspace. Yeah. So I just I just took an old wheel that I had, and I'm I'm holding it right now actually. Um, it's a really big wheel, <laughs> and it's it's nice. It, you know, it reminds me I can like spin it around because it still has the bearings. I don't know if you can hear this. Oh yeah, yeah nice. That's, yeah, that's the. 
the wheel. I'm just kind of playing with it, getting my hands real dirty on the on the greasy bearing. But um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed that exercise because whenever I felt frustrated or or just stressed out in any way, I could just pick it up and sort of let my mind relax and go to that place um, where that is the the skateboarding and also the the place that we did the week before that. Dope. So that's powerful because you're bringing them together. Um, and I want to talk more about that in a second. In case I forget, help me remember. Because these are the week six and week seven are like the two tools in your tool belt that you can cut, keep using as you need. So much like with week six, and I said, learn to use this a few times throughout the week to train yourself what secure feels like when you have a stressful moment coming up or when you're in the middle of a stressful moment. The same is true for this one. You want to practice it, and then you've got, you know, it's it's teaching you that new baseline, then you've got it to grab a hold of in a stressful moment, or if one is approaching, and you can anchor into it that way. So when you were skateboarding, this this identity activity from week seven, when you were skateboarding, were you able to do anything with music with it also? Yeah, I was listening to my headphones, uh, nothing in particular, just my regular playlists, but yeah, that's pretty nice. Nice, yeah, because music's huge for helping us um, open up all the feelings, all the feels, to really connect with the depth of that experience. And so here's what I want you to think about moving forward, and I've made it a lot clearer uh, in a book we released on this called Figure That Shift Out, which is the coaching program in book form. And uh, But in that, I talk a lot more about what it means to take this activity and, like, let's say that there's a song that helps you feel the, the opposite of your fear, right? Um, so f- whenever that fear is there that I, I don't have what it takes, uh, you know, for me, that my performance equals my worth or whatever... I listen to a song that helps me feel the opposite. So there's certain music that I can listen to that just helps me know I'm enough. It's okay. I can relax. I'm not attached to the results. I don't have to prove anything to the world. I don't have to hide who I am from the world. So I listen to that song. Then I go skateboarding. Maybe I listen to that song sometime while I'm skateboarding, like a playlist. And then I listen to that song after. So I listen to it before and after to build the trigger. And it's even deeper if you'll, while you hear the song, go to that space in your mind's eye from last week. Um, All of this is anchoring that so deep in who you are. And so song before, song after, in the middle also, just do this for a little bit till this trigger goes really deep. Then you... While you're skateboarding, focus on the wind hitting your face, feeling that full presence, you know, just being fully present with it. Uh, Do something nutritious before or after. So what you've done is you've stacked all the external stimuli to make this a full-orbed experience. Over time, you can play the song and feel like you've been skateboarding for an hour or whatever, you know, however long you go for that. Um... Does that make sense coming at it from all those angles? Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, Listening to the song, like trying to build that trigger. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, just stacking it. And I wasn't as clear in that 
about that as you know in the podcast as I, I wanted to be and it's just gotten clear for me to be able to express what I've done that's been effective you know I talked about having the canoe paddle in my office and the different things I've done and and now I you know there's so many different ones so for me uh, it's going in the sauna in the morning uh, there's a field that I like to sit at and meditate um, there is different activities I like to do on the weekend. I got to run for the first time this past Saturday in a while. And, you know, all of those represent this idea of an activity that helps my frontal cortex chill out and I relax and I, I don't have to feel this pressure to perform because, again, that's my fear. Um, and as I do that more and more and more and more, I have all kinds of different triggers I build. I mean, I have different musical artists that I use for different activities that bring me different feelings. When I sit in the field, um, I'm listening to certain music, but I'm also picturing myself in my own identity space. It's like this imaginary Pacific Northwest scene. All of that continues to anchor itself into who I am. So awesome that you had already talked about pulling in week six and seven because they're separate strategies and tools, but they can also be used in conjunction. And Eric, I'm just saying, man, this is crazy. I haven't seen yet a limit to how much you can explore your internal world and how much you can build external triggers um, for tons of different things. And uh, it's like a playground, man. It's like a playground. Any thoughts or questions on that? No, it's, it's pretty trippy. Um, not to like derail the conversation at all, but there was uh, something that I did want to bring up uh, that happened in the past week. Let's do it. That I just kind of remembered. Yeah. So like last week, uh, there was a crazy incident that happened uh, abroad. I'm sure you heard about, heard about it yeah. uh, in, the, in the news. And we don't need to go too much into that, but... You know, some of my friends were affected by it, and I, I definitely felt scared. I, I almost forgot about it until now um, just because I've been trying to not think about it. It was really driving me crazy for, like, a couple days. I couldn't really do anything productive. Um, I just felt I, I felt distracted. I felt like, I don't know. And especially in the design and art community, there were a lot of people rallying together around this cause, and sort of speaking their mind and giving their two cents on it. And I, I consider myself to have like a small size audience. So I wanted to think of something to say, but I really couldn't, like, I didn't know how to respond. And I, I felt that if I did respond, then, um, it, it wouldn't be the right thing to say, you know? And, and if I didn't respond, then I, I don't know. It, I just felt like fearful of either situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard. But it seems to have blown over a little bit by now because it's been a few days. And just like most things do, time heals everything, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So just to, um, I hear what you're expressing and can speak to that. Before I do, though, is there a specific question? Um, it may not be. It may just have been an expression. Yeah, I mean, it was a really crazy thing that happened and it sucked and there's no really way to look at it and not be negatively affected by it, right? So yeah. it's not like I could have avoided it next time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a different way of sequencing it, a different way of thinking about it. I tried to sequence it. Uh, I tried to, to think, well, 
what can I really express and like add to this conversation, but I just couldn't think of anything. I was like, I'm sitting in front of a blank page trying to write or draw something that I could share with my, my friends and my people. But, uh, it, it actually, I didn't really do any artwork or design work. Like I usually do personal work outside of my job. And this past week I did like zero up until last night when I finally felt like it was comfortable for me to, to get back and take out the sketchbook and it felt really good. And I continued it this morning, but, uh, yeah, just any thoughts on like how to sequence that next time? Or is that sort of like a very normal response to something like that? Yeah, totally normal response. And, um, you know, this will go back to a concept in week two that we can't say too much about because it's so hard, uh, and against typically what we've learned so hard to unlearn the bad habits and relearn emotional awareness. And here's what I mean. We're not going to be dominated by our emotions, nor do we deny them. Um, and so we want to learn to let our emotions, to be present with them, to let them fuel us, to let them, you know, if we have an anger to protect, that's a good anger. It gives us fuel uh, to protect, you know, where others are experiencing injustice. Uh, if I have an anger to protect my identity, uh, well, that's an insecurity and fear is really underneath that. Um, so I'm present with the emotions so I can parse out what's happening. I'm not dominated or denying. Well, with this situation, you know, it's like, oh, I'm present with the emotion. What's my emotion? I feel sadness for the loss of others. I feel threatened. You know, the world, I would like to think that it's safe um, and that I am protected from all harm. But now I feel really vulnerable. And what happens if you, if you don't process that emotion, if you're not aware of it, if you don't express grief if you need to? You know, grief is just an expression of um, the loss. It's like, oh, this sucks so bad. And we're all wired up differently. Some of us are wired up in such a way that we feel so deeply. We feel what others are going through. Um, and it can, it can affect us big time. And so we want to learn to process our own stuff. Um, it's also a reminder that, you know, there is no guarantee of mission and community. There's no guarantee of our doing in the world, and there's no guarantee of our relating in the world. The only certainty we can have is in our internal world, our being. We do live in a world where people that are insecure, that feel like their dignity has been taken, are then, which is a false idea, are falsely trying to use violence to take from others. Um, and when you have a Western context that has had, you know, relative to human history, pretty long-standing peace. So, you know, much of human history has lived with the threat of war at its doorstep, so to speak. Um, that when we bump up against these violent atrocities, it's just... Uh, it, it makes us feel very vulnerable. So what do a lot of people do with this? Because they don't process it, they stuff it, then they, they scapegoat, right? Whose fault is it? And we're going to blame people. We're going to overreact. Um, and all that starts to happen too. And so the best you can do for yourself individually is be aware and learning. You're processing it however you need to. And then you're helping put that processing into words or imagery for others because people that know how to introspect well and communicate well 
can help put words and visual imagery to things that others are feeling. And so it becomes a pathway for them to recover and, and heal also. Does that make sense? Can you just repeat that last bit about putting it into words for others? Yeah. So when you're putting it into words for others, well, first of all, does it make sense with what I meant by this idea that you're aware and learning and you're processing what's happening? Yeah. I feel like that's a given though. Um, that's the whole point, right? We're trying to become more aware, at least for the beginning of this program. So I feel like that's been successful, and I'm I'm conscious. I'm I'm, I'm being aware, and I'm aware that I'm being aware. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally um, g- given for this, but yeah, yeah, not for for most. But then the Correct. second yeah. thing is you introspecting, being aware, and putting it to words will help others find their own healing from it because they may not be able to put it into words like you do, but because you're aware, you can do that for them, help them express their own grief. And then they're not trying to scapegoat others and they're not trying to blame others and they're not suffering under their own suffocation of what's happening on the inside. Yeah, I think I got it now. I'm definitely going to have to come back and re-listen to that because it makes a lot of sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense, but it's definitely harder in practice to really be able to introspect and put it into words. Like it's just, it's not easy for, for me. I don't know about other people, but um, I feel like when I'm writing, uh, I'm usually doing stream of consciousness or I'm writing with a purpose in my mind. And the stream of consciousness stuff is, yeah, it's in a way, it's, intro, it's introspective because I'm just kind of letting it flow out. But I never really reach conclusions, doesn't seem, um, through that. I just use that as a warm-up exercise or a journaling exercise. Um, I can reach conclusions about my own life, but about other events, maybe it's just that that they're all kind of intertwined. Like, it's all about my perception of it, right? Totally. Uh, that's huge, perception. But then also, too, that's the poetry of it. I mean, what is poetry but the music and the art and everything that we experience where others have helped put words to what we feel, even if it doesn't resolve it. So you don't always have to tie it up or resolve it or come to the conclusions. It can be just the raw vulnerable, vulnerable expression of feeling. Um, you know, that would be a beautiful place to start for people to understand. It's okay that this makes you feel threatened and afraid and vulnerable. Uh, ideally, Everyone in the whole world would be able to go get what they need in their identity, that space, and then they'd be able to do the activity that reinforces it. Um, But they don't. So sometimes they need a person who's done that hard work that can then draw from their depths and give voice, expression, even if there isn't resolution or conclusions that are satisfying. Um, that's, you know, throughout different cultures worldwide, you've had a practice of some kind of lamenting and mourning and grieving uh, that allows that to come to the surface. And so for some people, you know, their activity for this idea in week seven, um, it, it involves something that gives utterance to the struggle. Um, and then they can get to the peaceful feeling. So sometimes for me, you know, let's say this past, uh, yesterday was a six-mile run. It seems like it was about the first mile or two before my own internal chatter kind of calmed down 
and I got into a hum of things. Um, and, and for a lot of people, they've never experimented enough with different triggers or activities, um, that, that bring them to that point. So you've got lots of tools though, that have happened throughout human history and civilizations where, you know, at funerals, mourners were paid to walk along and wail to help get the cry out. Um, lots of different things like that that are not necessarily giving resolution, but giving voice. And so if you're struggling with something, man, definitely would encourage you to express it and put it out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes sense. But I feel like when I look at the writing that my friends put out, say on like Facebook or something, I'll see all these statuses and they're just sort of emotionalizing. And I don't even know if that's a word, but, uh, I like it. It sounds like it's a word. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're just speaking their mind. You know, it's like a word vomit in a way. And I don't want to be like, when I share my writing, I want to have a takeaway from it. I want to have, I want to share it with intent. I don't want to just share it because I feel like sharing it. Yeah. Okay. So there's a difference between sharing it. Cause I feel like sharing it and sharing it with intent. And I'm just saying it's okay for the intent to be, I want to help put feelings to what you feel. And this is going to help you process it, even if you're not directly stating it that way. It doesn't always have to offer a conclusion. If you want it to offer it a conclusion or it to offer a conclusion, offer your conclusion. How are you going to get to your conclusion? And this is really, you know, helps explain what I think takes us to a real broadening exercise with week seven, welcoming all of who you are to the table. Um so I want to talk about that exercise and then come back to what we're talking about because I think it'll add a lot of depth to it. Um, tell me what that was like for you to contemplate this idea that I'm welcoming all of who I am to the table and there may be a part of me that got exiled away. Yeah, I, I did this exercise actually earlier in the week before that crazy whirlwind that I was talking about. Okay. So I almost forgot about it until now. Uh, and it does bring a lot of clarity to what we were just talking about. I did the exercise and I reflected on the different sides of me that I have coming to, you know, I've tried to bring them all to the table, so to speak. And, uh, you know, try to think about which ones are being neglected or being banished, like you said, from the table. Uh, and I noticed that when I share my writing back to what we were talking about before, I I definitely, I'm definitely in touch with my goofy side, like my fun side, but I I don't share it as much because I, I just, I don't want to, I don't, I don't share it publicly. I share it in small, intimate gatherings. Like I'm goofy as hell and I'm with one of my best friends or with my brother or something, but I don't, I don't share that with the world that much Mm -hmm. with my audience because I treat my, I treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm on my personal social media platforms, like I, I treat it like a business. I want to help people. Um, that's part of my model. So when I post something, it's usually a link to something I made or an opinion on something that is in the industry. You know, it's not really all that goofy and and silly and fun. And I've been trying to find more opportunities to do that just because I have noticed that fact of uh, the things that I'm sharing aren't, aren't really having every single uh, side of me 
Mm-hmm. It's tough when you are essentially your own brand. I really hate to say that because it's a little bit uh, cliche. Like, I don't think people are brands. I think brands are brands and people are people. But when you're running your own business or you want to run your own business, you're basically the brand. Yeah, totally. And who am I trying to attract to my brand, really? Uh, so everything I put out there online, uh, in meetings, it's a reflection of my quote-unquote brand. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like, I'm a designer, so I think consistency is key, really. You want to be you want to be remembered for something. You have to be consistent at it, and not like one day you're you're talking about uh, the crazy thing that you saw on the subway, and then the next day you're talking about a project that you worked on, and then the next day you know no one's going to remember that. Yeah. Now, you know, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much how it went for me, and I, I enjoyed that exercise, but I, I kind of did it fairly quickly, and then I moved on. So I might want to do it again this week. Yeah, there's a lot to explore there. I mean, um, you know, like I was talking about on the on the podcast, like there's a, the the serious, strategic, argumentative part of me ran the table for a long time, and that was good. It got me through some pain. But what's it mean to welcome the playful part back? And you know, right now, everything I'm doing with Sight Shift, I've done before. Uh, there's nothing that you're facing that you haven't faced before in kind. So in the ninth grade, started a business and had a lot of fun with it. I remember I made these jewelry, this jewelry, these necklaces. And it's like, I, I can remember thinking, I've got $2 in this necklace. It took me this much time. I can sell it for 15 Uh In college, I invited a few friends to, some thing, to this thing, and it grew and took on a little <coughs> feel of a movement. Well, what am I wanting to do with Sight Shift? Start a business. That, that's like a movement where people are helping people figure out who they are. So I'm drawing on that ninth grade self and that college self. Um, and, th- you know, this whole idea that you're bringing all of who you are, all the resources of who you are into what you do, that life and what you do, it's the creative, unobstructed creative expression of you, then it's got to be all of you where you're not at war with yourself. And it doesn't mean that, you know, the playful part of me always runs the table, but it's like a gavel. You know, you could pass it around. Different parts run different places and 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 lead different moments, if you will, of the flow of my day and who I am and where I am. But like you said, you know, I am the expression of, you know, my company. And uh, when I'm happiest, I do great work and I'm playful. Um and I'm being stupid at home in the kitchen or I'm goofing off with friends. And I've just learned, I mean, even my largest, like wealthiest clients, I, I'm, I joke with them too. Uh, I was asking for a blurb from uh, one and I was just, I forget how I worded it, but I, I put words in like the CEO's mouth that would be real funny. And uh, just let me quote this on my website, okay? And I said, no, seriously, I'd like to get a quote, blah, blah, blah. Um, People love it, man. There's so much serious stuff out there. And if you do great work, then that speaks for itself. You get to bring your personality into it. And it's so much more fun. And when, when it comes to the stuff that you post online, when that's a true expression of who you are, you know, what you're known for will come through. Um, Even if it feels diluted, so to speak, with some of your likes and interests and loves and fun. 
Um, you know, but when you draw from the core of who you are, when you are practicing this week at six and seven, you're secure doing this activity, you have something to give out of who you are. So there's going to be the quality. Um, and, and that's why, you know, I just have to catch up with myself for lack of a better way of saying it. That's what I use this exercise for all the time. Where are you, Chris? What's going on? You know, what part of you got out of control today? What part of you was uh, diminished? Hey, what part of you did a great job and needs to be celebrated? Um, it, it brings to the forefront the breadth and depth of who I am. It does the same for you. Now, I'll give you some stuff later that will help you tap into some like meta roles, if you will, on demand really fast. For now, what we're focused on with this week, though, is just getting really comfortable with who you are so that you are able to, um, you know, say, okay, fear, awesome job. You taught me this, and I exiled this part of who I am, and I survived well. Now I, now I bring that part back. I welcome them. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's good. So do you do that exercise often? I would say I probably like once a week, uh, maybe twice, but probably once a week. It's like a catch-up moment with myself. Like, all right, who's been running the table? Where you at? Is all of you here? <laughs> um, I know it sounds trippy to think about it this way, but... Um, you know, we're constantly constructing ourselves. I forget the guy's name. I quote him in, in, in the book, but we're constantly reconstructing and deconstructing ourselves. And most people don't even know it. They're just locked into a more rigid form of themselves. This keeps me from being rigid. I get to be who I am and where I am. I mean, there were desires that fueled me in my twenties. I don't even care about them anymore. I just give myself permission to change. It wasn't burnout. It wasn't fried. It's just saying, you know what? That part of me, I don't like that. I don't want to do that anymore. I spent a decade doing this this way, and that part's not going to run the table. And I'm going to write that permission slip for me to be where I am. And, uh, you know, a, a big part of this, too, is learning to recover under pressure. You're never going to remove all the problems. So I use the week seven identity activity as a way to go, okay, let's catch up with yourself. Where are you at? Let's recover right now, and we can engage back into the hard task, whatever that is. So maybe I bring the artistic part to the table. (laughs) Maybe I bring the the part of the, to the table that has to check things out really deep before they move forward. Um, I'm gut checking where I am. So pretty deep. <laughs> Thoughts or questions on that? Uh, no, I think I brought up all my questions. Um, you were saying, actually, yeah, you were saying uh, this week... We're just going to be becoming like comfortable with with all those different 
sides, right? Did you mean this upcoming week or was that last week with with this exercise that we're talking about? With this exercise. Now, what's what's awesome is this what sets you up for week eight, which is now we get into mission. We get into the doing. And when you know who you are, it will overflow into the clear doing. You have more to draw from. Um, So what you can draw from in the moments and what's happening becomes abundant, not scarce. It has a breadth and a depth. It's not one-sided. I mean, I know people that are really dynamic and can meet the demands of life. I also know a lot more people that are very rigid and locked in. And we want to expand who we are. We want to shrink who we are. Um, I had one friend, her name is Allie. She described week seven this way. Finding your identity activity, it's not just self-preservation. It's self-expansion. It's finding those things where you really tap into who you are, like skateboarding for you. You're doing the music. You're building the triggers. You're welcoming all of who you are, all of your experiences to the table. Now you're going to have an endless supply to draw from in your mission for week eight. Awesome. That simple, man. Any thoughts or questions as we head to next week? No, it's, it's great timing, actually. Tomorrow is my birthday, so I'll be celebrating. I've got a friend coming into town. Um, definitely good timing for putting all this stuff into practice. Dude, that's awesome, man. Happy birthday early. Uh, so cool. I want to tell Thank everybody you. your Twitter handle, but I won't, so that they would just shout happy birthday to you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Yeah, we can we can reveal that whenever, really. I'm not really afraid. Dude, awesome, man. Well, uh, maybe we'll have like a big reveal next week. All right, maybe next week then. That would be fun. <laughs> uh, well, we could do it this week too, as I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, I because uh, and it, and I would say we could do it this week, but it won't go up in time for your birthday anyway. Uh, I just thought about that too when it posts. So yeah, think about it a week, and if you're still good with it, that'd be awesome. Um. Well, tell your cat I said hi and bye. I didn't hear your <laughs> yeah. cat tonight. You didn't hear her, and that's good because she was walking around. The thing is, if I leave her out of my room, then she's, you know, clawing at the door, and you can hear that. And yeah. if I let her into my room, then she comes and rubs on everything and makes noise. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's well, so either way, yeah, glad, you did, glad it didn't come through. <laughs> yeah, man, all good. Uh, have an awesome evening, and like I always say, hit me up if you need me, man. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Have a good night, man. Peace. Peace. This has been The Sight Shift, lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening.